out of it. He's still on the loose. Is this some kind of joke? I've been trick-or-treated to death tonight. You don't know what death is. Once again, to Won't Stay Dead, the podcast that looks at the murky world of cult and horror films. Uh, and this episode is our Halloween special. <laughs> um, and we're looking at uh, Halloween 2, um, 1981, the sequel, obviously, to John Carpenter's uh, seminal slasher classic. Um, absolutely hilariously. Um, well, once again, basically, uh, we were supposed to be doing uh, Tombs of the Blind Dead, um, but we're not. Um, because we just couldn't find the time to do it, so um, we're doing our Halloween special instead. So it's out in time. Um, and joining me is uh, Mr. Paul Doran, aka Crazy P. Indeed. Hello. <laughs> and uh, not joining us this week uh, is Mr. David Hanna, Young D. Um, what is he in prison, you... isn't he? What? <laughs> something gun running or something. Uh, why don't you tell them where D is? D is uh, sitting on a. <laughs> in a Facebook chat with us at the minute, but he um, is not doing the podcast because he is doing some homework of some sort and is uh, and hasn't watched the film ever. I think <laughs> so. Um, every every night until Halloween is uh, is pretty much the same. So well, no, he's... you're being kind there. I mean, it, his exact <laughs> words were, "Sorry, guys, I totally forgot." <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, which is kind of classic D. Uh, I was telling Crazy P um, about a time when I, I was living in Glasgow. D was still living back home in uh, Northern Ireland, and he was supposed to come over for uh, a Jello Biafra spoken word thing in Glasgow. Uh, and the weekend um, <clears throat> that he was supposed to be arriving came, and uh, it got to like seven o'clock when he was supposed to have landed. And uh, I texted him, didn't answer, so I rang him, uh, and he answered in a in, in a hushed voice, uh, saying, "Hey, how's it going?" And I was like, yeah, where are you, D? And he's like, I'm hiding behind the bread at work. But, um, <laughs> he, was, he was working at Tesco's in uh, Lisburn in Northern Ireland. He'd, he'd got the wrong weekend, booked uh, flights for the wrong weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Jello by Avril. Talking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's it, it's kind of classic, D. I don't think that is a mass applause, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I like Jello by Avril, but don't think it would no. really be... Be awesome to do the spoken word. I was asked, actually asking you, uh, Ian, have you uh, ever heard like Henry Rollins' like uh, spoken word stuff? No. Um, like he's got spoken word albums, but like his spoken word live show hmm. is is bizarre. He did one in Belfast, I think it was in the Empire, and he filmed it, but he used footage of he used that footage to, like beef out um, like a documentary he made on the Troubles, hmm. and it's just like him walking around, <laughs> walking around Belfast, like um, interviewing like ex-IRA commanders and stuff and subtitling them and uh, just asking really intense questions and then like cuts to like scenes of him in like in the Empire doing like what sounds like stand-up comedy but like the punchlines are just really sad <laughs> like it's about a guy working at Subway who'd wasted his life and stuff and like you think alright there's going to be a laugh now and like oh no wait it's not because it's Henry Rollins it's not cool. actually a comic a guy crying and doing so much so <laughs> yeah from that like Tonight I decided to get some nice beers to tie in with Halloween too. So I went for the for the Witchwood Brewery, um, who make Hobgoblin, which is a pretty Halloween uh, beer. Yeah. But I've gone for their Firecatcher because of the fire at the end that ultimately kills Michael. Yep, yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, and w- another Witchwood one called Doctor Thirsties, and because uh, it's set in a hospital, so. And Doctor Loomis. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I do have some some beer. I have a. Uh, well, I read that John Carpenter, when he was writing this, um, <clears throat> found it so difficult that he uh, could only only churn out pages when he drank like a six pack of uh, Budweiser a day, and uh, sort of credited that being the reason that the film's the script is shaky. Um, but I don't like Budweiser, so I've got a, a Budvar. <coughs> um, I've also got a cough, so. Uh, I'm mostly drinking uh, Lemsip. 
uh, which you might find in a hospital. Um, I've also got uh, a homebrew, which um, isn't very nice, but because uh, it's here and it's free, I'm going to call it Michael Myers Brow. Uh, there you go. That's your your tie-in. I might uh, I might croak a little bit uh, here because uh, this morning I woke up and I did not like any voice at all. Uh, I'm fine. Maybe, so. maybe you better check yourself into Haddonfield Memorial Hospital, Crazy P. Good, yeah. I hear they've got a a good mortality rate. People are just dying to get in, Crazy <laughs> Faye. <dying> <laughs> <laughs> it's hot, hot property. But yeah, um, I guess we shall crack open some beers and yeah. we'll come back and talk about Halloween 2. Uh, Apray this. Police in Haddonfield have just made the grisly discovery of three bodies in the upstairs bedrooms of this house. It appears that the murders took place sometime early this evening. I shot him six times! I shot him six times! I, I shot him in the heart! I can't have gotten very far. Come on. I shot him six times! This guy! This man! He's not human! But everybody's all worded out tonight. All this Michael Myers crap. Sam Hain. It means the Lord of the Dead. The end of summer. They should have handled it more carefully. Oh. Michael Myers. Michael Myers? Yeah, he... He was a guy that was after you. In the Myers house? A little kid killed his sister? Yeah. Jesus, don't you see what he's doing here in Haddonfield? He killed one sister 15 years ago, now he's trying to kill the other. What does you fellas usually do? Fire a warning shot, right? So yeah, Halloween 2, the sequel to um, John Carpenter's, you know, slasher classic. Everyone's seen Halloween. And Halloween 2 was kind of like three years coming, because it's 1981, um, wasn't really directed by John Carpenter at all, at all. the director was uh, Rick Rosenthal. When I was watching it, I was thinking um, loads about what, uh, you know, that guy Randy says uh, in Scream 2, when he says about, you know, sequels, you know, like, yeah. there's more gore, there's more nudity, everything's kind of turned up a notch because they just want to make money off, first film was always made out of art, you know, made out of, for artistic reasons. And yeah. then the sequel's just more about you know cashing in and making money, making everything, and more kind of violent and, and garish. And you definitely see that with Halloween too, don't you? I think the producers sort of made that conscious decision, didn't they, that they uh, just had to had to cash in on that market. It had become such a, a big thing. Friday the Thirteenth um, uh, was already a thing, um, and uh, it in many ways had made made the whole sort of genre better or, or worse, whatever way you want to look at it. Um, and uh, where Halloween had like had a sort of a lot of finesse and like played on subtleties and like you know really played this sort of Hitchcockian sort of suspenseful psychological drama, they didn't want to risk that this time. They didn't want to appear to be subtle in you know the the face of all that that sort of like violent competition. So they just tried to up the ante, I guess, and this is what they came out with. Yeah, I heard like um, I don't know if you read much about the background of the the direction of the film but like I think basically John Carpenter said he wasn't going to do it but he and Deborah Hill wrote the screenplay so then yeah. it was it was Rick Rosenthal's first feature film and apparently he says that he there's kind of seems to be like two arguments um, so on one hand Rick Rosenthal apparently said like uh, that um, Carpenter interfered too much um, yeah. with his with the film and added extra kind of gory scenes because it was supposed to be um, like Carpenter wanted to be more gory whereas Rick Rosenthal says that he made a film that was a bit more like the first one where you know kind of you don't really see much blood or much gore and it's just kind of straight up um, kind of horror thriller uh, material um, but then Carpenter apparently says that he didn't actually have anything to do with the direction of the film so it seems to be one of these things that like yeah. it's kind of up in the air and no, no one really knows but like it's definitely a lot more gory, and I also read somewhere um, online. I think it was maybe another reviewer or someone had had pointed out that um, in Halloween, uh, Michael Myers is always kind of in the periphery. He's always kind of like on the edge of the screen or not yeah. quite there. Whereas in Halloween Two, he's like they just they properly show him, you know, walking in the center of the, of yeah. the screen, you know, face on. You get to see a lot more of him, which I suppose is is really once the big reveal has been made um, in the first yeah, film, yeah. then there's no reason to not just you know just have Michael Myers because everyone wants to see Michael Myers you know walking around looking really creepy with uh, Carpenter's yeah. amazing music you get a lot more sense of his physicality but he seems even though apparently he's like the physique of the actor is like he's shorter and stockier he seems like a lot more slender less less of a dominant presence you know mm-hmm. um, I think it is just the way he shot you get like his head looks really narrow at times and like his shoulders look very very narrow and like weak and stuff um mm. doesn't have that sort of square 
permanent stance that you know he sort of made him in the first one. Um, yeah, I'd read about Carpenter saying that he, yeah, he didn't have anything to do with the uh, direction. But um, one of the scenes that Carpenter was credited with adding was, I thought one of the best scenes in in the film, one of the only ones that really made me think, which is this is this is actually got some artistry to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, just after the uh, the one of the nurses gives the other is her friend like a lift home as she promised and they argue about it and then it like sort of pans over so it's following somebody um walking through the town and then it picks up somebody else with a boombox uh walking the other way and uh then Myers is uh is then picked up by the camera and it's like this long shot that like follows different people and like you know just uh jumps between uh, different perspectives and that is what I one of the things I thought really made the the original Halloween or makes like a really good Halloween movie is like the sense that a, a town is like sharing and it's like sort of macabre sort of this like a macabre acceptance of you know the season you know um, and that is that's what I, I love about a good Halloween movie is like there's a, a general a general acceptance that this is what happens at Halloween there's a, there's a horror and it's shared and um, uh, it's it's should it can be either be made the most of or it can be run, run from you know and that that sort of seeing more of the town, seeing more people in like in various sort of um yeah, doing various things but all like you know, the story is like sort of following them around a bit. I love that. I completely agree. Um, like I, I absolutely love that um that sequence that you just described. I, it's one of my favourite sequences in the whole film. I watched it last night and then I watched it today again when I got home from work. Um, and I found myself like at the start of that scene because I'd seen it the night before and I knew it was coming up. At the start of that se- sequence when you see Karen and her friend I um, can't remember what her friend's called going towards yeah, the car I, I was like oh yes I love this bit this is so good and I just love the yeah. whole thing I love the way um, the uh, you, you know the wee kid at the boombox is coming along and then he just kind of bumps into Michael and yeah and just yeah. walks away and then Michael Myers just keeps on, on walking around the around the street it's a bit funny though because uh, it's almost like a piece of um, exposition and actually if it was kind of later added in by John Carpenter I'm not really sure how Rick Rosenthal intended for Michael to find out that um, Laurie is in Haddonfield Memorial Hospital because he bumps, yeah, he, bumps right. into, yeah. Yeah, he bumps into the wee boy who's carrying the boombox with the news on the radio and it's saying um, you know the victim has been taken to the only survivor has been taken to Haddonfield Memorial Hospital um, and then you get that pumping yeah. um, electronic music and then he just walks down the street and there's a sign saying Haddon, Haddonfield Memorial <laughs> Hospital with an arrow pointing yeah. that way yeah. <laughs> so Without that sequence, how, how does Rick Rosenthal's version explain how Michael found out? True. Or unless he just yeah. guessed, you know. Yeah. He does seem to have a knack for just, like, just finding people. Mm. You know, some sort of supernatural element. I love when he, he arrives at the hospital and the, the sort of the security guy is just, like, thick as two shits. Like, he just sort of cack-handedly, like, walks into his own, his own death. But, like, he finds, like, some blood in the bin and then he, like, Get shocked, and it's a hospital bin. So like, yeah. Um. Uh, so instead of you know going off, like I better not touch that because it could be infected with something. Uh, he uh, just reaches out and touches it with his, his hand, you know, and then a cat attacks him. It's fucking or horrible, isn't it? Food or something. Why does he even open the dumpster in the first place? I know. Yeah. And then he goes into that storage unit or shed or whatever, and uh, the padlocks are like are unlocked but the latch is still across and the padlock is like still in there but he thinks like oh he must be in there even though it would be impossible <laughs> to like, replace the padlock on the... and he does he does like two or three times <laughs> I never <laughs> spotted that that's so um, you're so right <laughs> and every time he expects somebody to jump out at him and uh, <laughs> even though like there's there's nothing should be nothing in his head that says like this is I'm dealing with somebody who's not of this world, you know. Yeah, it's it's classic slasher logic because yeah. um everyone knows that this guy has escaped from a mental hospital and has killed three people already that night. So yeah. he, he's going into this really dark, massive, empty place by himself. What to, just to check it out? Like as if you value your life that that little, little. that you yeah. actually are gonna um go and risk it for what? Just to go, Oh yeah, there's the killer. Yeah, you know, like what are you gonna do? Like, like you're you're an overweight, middle aged man. I mean, what, what are you yeah. gonna do if you do find the killer? Will you apprehend him? Yeah, who actually got got beaten by a cat uh, like five five minutes yeah, earlier? Exactly. Um, 
what why does he like he also gives like the radio to the nurse like do you know how to use it or something as if it's a gun but it's just it's a radio it's just a fucking radio like what do you what's that going to achieve you know there is so much like illogicality um in Halloween yeah. too, that you don't really get in Halloween. I think Halloween's quite believable, and, and Halloween yeah. is a properly good film. Whereas Halloween too, it does feel like a bit of a like just kind of like, oh, let's just do this. I think the the, the very opening sequences when he's still in Haddonfield, when he's still kind of you know creeping around the suburbs, and you get those POV camera shots. That's all really really good. And when you're watching that, I think you you feel like you're watching a proper Halloween film. But then as soon yeah, as, yeah. as soon as he goes into the hospital, you could you could essentially replace Michael Myers with. You know any other generic slasher enemy, yeah, and it could just be like yeah. another early eighties slasher film from the period, really. Yeah, and there, there's something uh, possibly because it actually is a hospital, which is like so impersonal, you know. And mm. um, I think maybe they're trying to say something about the irony of being killed in a, in a hospital, where mm. you're meant to be better, or but it's it's cheap, <laughs> you know. It's a it is it's it's not really it doesn't really work that well. The Rob Zombie remake. Um, was it a remake of Halloween Two? Uh, was it billed as Halloween Two, but it it was set in a hospital as well. And was it? I, I've I've never it, seen Rob. I've seen Rob Zombie's Halloween, but I've never seen Halloween Two by him. Was, was it kind of a remake of Halloween Two? It was set in a hospital. Pretty much, yeah. I, I think I think it was. Um, it had a few extra elements, but not much. Like um, Laurie kept saying this. Um, it's like a white horse. You spoke about or, that before. It was either Laurie or Michael keeps saying like a white horse at the beginning. I think it. It sort of talks about how White Horse can represent something, represent something to like a psychotic murderer or something. Like I thought it was made up, sort of quote from Freud or something. Uh, but the the White Horse then also occurs in Twin Peaks as well. Um, in one of the early episodes where Bob um, is, um, uh, I don't know, but about to kill somebody. Um, there's a, there's a White Horse and like maybe there is something in that. Um, so, but I've I've never seen any other reference to it anywhere. Mm, okay. I thought that was just like a, a cool David Lynch thing that maybe Rob Zombie just decided to nick, you know. Mm. But also, like about the hospital, where is everyone? I know there are yeah. no patients. Like Laurie's the only patient apart from all all the babies. Yeah, and exactly. Like, yeah. Two doctors, two paramedics, and two nurses. Yeah. It's like, where um, the fuck is everyone? <laughs> I know. Um, and like they've got a place all decorated for Halloween, but all the lights are off. And okay. Yeah. Exactly. Um, what are they going to do? <laughs> Apparently, um, um, there was like a TV version, just like Halloween, the first one. There was a TV version apparently made where they cut out all the violence and then they had to add new material. So apparently Carpenter helped them shoot, wrote and helped them shoot uh, new material for that. And one of the right, okay. sequences shows Michael Myers cutting the power of the hospital. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I have to say, I don't really, I mean, obviously I haven't seen the sequence, but I don't think it would be that easy to cut the power of a hospital. Would Probably it? not. You've got like, backup generators and all sorts of stuff going on. Yeah. You can't just you know yeah. open a fuse box and cut a wire. Yeah, and take exactly. Out the whole yeah. Hospital. Although he did manage to uh, somehow disconnect the engines and let down the tires of every single car, <laughs> car park as well, and in some unseen moment. <laughs> what, what about the bit at the end where, he, where like uh, Loomis finally gets to the hospital and he's got Laurie and uh, Marion um, in the hallway and. <laughs> And Michael Myers just walks through the glass door. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's fucking insane. Like if you saw that, you just you would actually shit yourself. And yeah, I love it because like, the, the music's going, dun, 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 yeah. and he finally wa- he walks through the door and it goes, Hiss, and then there's a sound effect yeah. going, as if to kind of say, yeah. "Oh my fucking god, look what this guy just did." <laughs> That's right. It's so hard good. as nail. <laughs> Um, there were bits there, there well there was a moment anyway that sort of reminded me of Suspiria as well um, especially the, the chase um, where Laurie's being chased through like the basement window um, at the hospital was uh, just reminded me of that where we talked about the chase in Suspiria where like all the rooms seemed like lead nowhere logical and then there's that room of like just barbed wire and stuff and it's, it's uh, yeah <laughs> it's also a similar chase in Tombs of the Blind Dead which we will discuss uh, some other point <laughs> yeah you, um, you're absolutely right like that that bit where um, he, Laurie goes down the stairs into the boiler room is really like uh, Suspiria and she even escapes by climbing on something and escaping through a top window just like Sarah in Suspiria obviously Sarah yeah. ends up jumping into a pit of barbed wire but 
Laurie gets away, but uh, yeah, that re- really releases Spiri. And there's there's another bit that's really um, um, Dario Argento, um, the bit where um, he holds the girl's head under the water. Karen, the nurse. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It's all scalded, and the way he like brings her head up out of the water, and like the her wet hair is across her face. It's exactly like uh, the scene in Deep Red. Um, yeah, when the girls drowned in the bathtub. Whenever you spot things like that, I never know whether or not it's just like if you watch if you watch like loads of horror films, you're probably eventually going to find you know make links yourself, or whether or not it yeah, is yeah. like you know the director sees Deep Red and thinks, oh, that looks pretty cool, and then either consciously or subconsciously kind of imitates it. But yeah, yeah it's de- definitely um, definitely elements of kind of Italian horror in in both the first two um, Halloween films. I, I guess as well. There's only like. So many things you can do with the setup they're given, you know. A wildly off book. Um, I would actually like to see more of it going yeah. wildly off book, but um, like Tourist Trap managed to do. Yeah. Throw in some <laughs> weird fucking like wax dolls that come to life and stuff. What do you think of the characters? Mostly stupid. Mostly just. Just the usual slasher wankers. Functional, yeah. Yeah, most of them just, just operate the way. The characters are meant to operate in, in any of these movies, you know. Um, yeah. Sort of with the exception of Jimmy, maybe, who kind of gets out all right, I think. He has a bit of a bumped head. but uh, He is kind of um, um, the classic, you know, friend of the final girl, nice guy. Yeah. Maybe because he's so thinly put together, it's never totally clear what his... I don't think it's totally clear what his connection is, um, why he, he sort of feels as strongly about her, you know seems like it's sort of meant to go somewhere that doesn't but it may be best left sort of un- unspoken but the fact that it's not sort of developed is it not just much, fancy, sir? maybe it is it probably is mm-hmm. yeah back sort of left undeveloped sort of leaves a bit of room for like you know you think right maybe there's a bit more to Jimmy but um, mm-hmm. probably just the fact that he just didn't get more lines is <laughs> what does it speaking of lines actually um, Donald Pleasance yeah. gets, gets a lot more doesn't he you, you definitely see a he lot does, more Donald yeah. Pleasance um, yeah, I, I was listening to um, our Halloween special podcast two years ago, which was Halloween, uh, and in it we were talking about um, how Donald Pleasance is barely in Halloween, really. Yeah. Um, but he's he's in he's in Halloween too a, a, a lot more and um, yeah. he's got a lot more lines and he's he actually he's kind of running around in a different locations and stuff. Whereas he, when yeah. you th- when you think about it, Laurie Laurie's barely in Halloween too. I know, yeah, it's uh, something like only twenty five minutes. Um, yeah, or even le- even less or something something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I, I wonder is it, could it be something as cynical as just uh, the way their contracts worked or I, I kind of think like by that stage, nineteen eighty one. Um, Jimmy Lee Curtis. I'm, I wonder had she already been in things like Territory and a Prom Night? Maybe I can't remember. But anyway, yeah. by 1981, she was always a bit more famous. Yeah, like three three years later, she was you know a bit more of an established actress. So it's almost like she couldn't actually really be arsed. Yeah, so she's got this fairly feeble part where she doesn't really have to move or do much or say much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's even like uh, they didn't even wait for her to grow her hair back because uh, yeah, they just give her a wig. Yeah. Stupid looking wig. Like how stupid <laughs> does the wig look? I know. It just looks. Makes your face look like really long and square. Yeah, it does. It's horrendous wig. It's like they just even didn't even bother. But then contrasting that, um, Donald Pleasance as Sam Loomis, he's a lot more energetic. He's actually a bit more. Yeah. He's actually almost like on the verge of psychotic like he says he repeats it three times i shot him six times yeah i, I, I shot him in the heart he's yeah. not human i i shot him six times yeah. <laughs> he uh i guess like he's been running around for like 48 hours without any sleep he's probably fucking right yeah. uh, like just right let's let's just get this we're done with will we? <laughs> yeah because like he's also back to his kind of you know shit side psychiatrist self you know like he's like yeah he says things like he's not even a human he's got the the darkest eyes the blackest eyes and you're kind of like yeah. you know like you're supposed to be a scientist you're supposed to be a psychiatrist you're not supposed to just kind of like be saying that someone's like literally a monster literally not human because yeah, his eyes are the wrong color <laughs> <laughs> um what about the uh the uh, soundtrack it's beefed up again as well isn't it yeah it is and it, it, i think it loses a bit of something like um mm. I think it's been overdeveloped. I mean, like the last one sort of rushed out in, it was like recorded in twenty four hours or something. something uh, like that, yeah, yeah, it has, it's like so stark that it it just it, it gives it everything, you know. But this one, I, I still quite like this one, but it didn't have the same chilling effect like 
you know at the start there's like a prologue showing you like the previous like the last five minutes of the previous film yeah um it shows you that footage from that but with the new soundtrack yeah so, yeah so whenever tommy and Lindsay run out of the house screaming and uh loomis is you know walking up the street and he runs in and saves laurie it get you get the the kind of synthy organ going ray do do ray do do ray yeah yeah uh so yeah they've just kind of used the same and apparently like um some of the end bits were shot so like the the doyle's house has changed and the pumpkins changed and it's a different balcony oh, yeah, yeah. stuff because it's yeah. three years later yeah michael's mask is is worn and stuff Apparently, it'd been, like, the original Michael had been carried around his back pocket in between shoots. So. Did you read the thing about, like, apparently Deborah Hill says it it was under her bed for three years yeah. and she was a heavy smoker? Yeah, yeah and, so it went really yellow. Yeah. But then the guys, like Nick Castle or something, the guy who originally who played Michael Myers in the first one, he says that he had it or something? Uh, I, I can't right, remember. Yeah. I can't remember. There was something, like, they, they gave it to, um, who do you call the guy plays Michael in this one? Uh, they yeah, give it to him. Warlock or something? Yeah. Um, I think they might have given it to him after they finished this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they had the intention of ever using it again. And uh, okay. and they were like, oh shit, we shouldn't have given it to him. Uh, they, they gave him everything and then they were like, well, we'll not have to not give anybody anything ever again. <laughs> <laughs> we learned their lesson about giving. <laughs> but, Brilliant. Uh, he, uh, yeah, it it does all look at his last presence, really, I think. The guy who's sort of dressed like Michael, um, the fake guy. Ben Tramer. Who gets, yeah, gets killed. He he looks, he looks like a better Michael, really. Um, do you, like, do you know who Ben Tramer is? Do you remember? No. Do you remember at the, yeah. at the start of the first one and uh, Annie and uh, Laurie are driving along on the in her car at the start and they're smoking the yeah. spliff listening to Leonard Skinnerd, and Annie says something like oh you want to take someone to the ball and then Laurie lets slip oh I'd rather take Ben Tramer and then Annie's right, like yeah, Ben okay. Tramer yeah so it's just this just this weird thing where like they've just like even though we never see who Ben Tramer is we've heard about him in the first yeah. film and they decide that the person that they kill by accident is Ben Tramer <laughs> for some reason just to yeah, just to absolutely crush Laurie even further. So even though she survives, the the guy she's fancies. Um, yeah. that, what about that sequence where Ben Tramer gets killed? Ridiculous! Like the police don't even. <laughs> they just sort of stand around, like looking at each other, and like not even like, oh shit, we should probably investigate this. They just get in the car, and drive off, and like leave one guy to sort it out. And he's like, ah oh, man, this is this is my scene. Like <laughs> he just gets in. Like he just gets in his car and drives off as well, or something. The police officer is obviously fine. He gets out and he's a bit shaken up, and the guy's like, you know, going, "Oh, you're all right, you're all right," checking him, and like doesn't even look at the guy who's just like set on fire and crushed into the car. I can't tell it's, whether uh, or not he does it on purpose. Is the car driving into him because they think that's Mike Lars, or is it just um, an accident? No, no he says he came out of nowhere, but oh. um, he's clearly like ambling very slowly across the street, you know, um, yeah. and like uh, with no no cars parked on outside. He's like in the middle of the street for a good like three or four seconds by the time. <laughs> police car comes in like I don't think the police car seemed to have been driving into that van anyway you know? yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. yeah. um, so no it, it was ridiculous <laughs> so, so bad and then they just don't really give a shit you know yeah so, like, exactly was, they don't, they don't really care there's so many moments like that in, in Halloween that you, or Halloween 2 that you just think this is kind of put together really shoddily and there, there was one point that I, I only noticed was the second time <laughs> Um, you know when they're outside the Myers house and like all the people are throwing bricks and stones and stuff and then like this um, reporter woman turns up whenever you're watching that, that sequence you kind of think oh she, she's obviously going to be a main character because she's in the centre of the screen she's being introduced yeah. to a reporter you think oh well so her story arc is going to go somewhere but you never see her again yeah, yeah. but apparently there was a sequence shot where she breaks down on the road um, and then she reaches into her car boot to get the spare tyre and Michael Myers yeah. is in her boot and comes out and kills her Oh really? I think that that's the reason why we have this the introduction of that character because okay, it just yeah. doesn't seem to go anywhere. It's like, oh, so here's a journalist yeah. covering it. We kind of know a bit about her now, uh, and then you never see her again. Did, yeah. did you know the the we um, uh, intern journalist? Did you read about who that is? No, it's uh, Dana Carvey. Really? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Garth from Winsworld. Yeah, class. I uh, convinced myself at the beginning uh, for about five minutes that the the male journalist, as he was on, like, um, 
uh, as you could see him in like in the background on TV was a young George Clooney, but it wasn't. <laughs> it was <not. laughs> it's definitely George Clooney. But yeah, uh, we we were talking about Annie there. Um, I think the um, the bit where uh, Sheriff Brackett like actually finds out that Annie's dead, like that's one of those like moments in slasher films because most of the time in slasher films you don't really care about people dying because that's the point. It's kind of fun, gory popcorn horror. Yeah. But in moments like that, when you see like uh, a man having to come to terms with the fact that his like teenage daughter has been murdered when watching that it's actually genuinely upsetting isn't it yeah it is and it, in the context of a movie like this you're sort of like oh, for fuck's sake you fucking <laughs> ruined my my buzz now, now I'm like enjoying this shit movie and now I'm enjoying it and feeling guilty or I'm not enjoying a shit movie and now I'm like <laughs> yeah, exactly. just pissed off at how shit it is and also feel shit for that guy who I don't is reading real you know <laughs> it's absolutely crushing whenever you see yeah. Annie oh, yeah punishing but um, all the other people in the hospital are such wankers that it kind of makes up for it when they die I know like um, the paramedic guy that's um, ridiculous as well <laughs> turn up the heat on the uh, on the bath and he's like, like fiddling with the pipes and and uh, I, I sort of thought like I sort of thought I was going to go somewhere else um, but uh, it actually the way it did go was actually quite creative but um, I, I sort of thought like well, this is this it's going to explode in his face or something yeah <laughs> uh, yeah and then following that we um, the nurse Karen she gets like the, the horrible scalding on the dial it just says scalding as well yeah <laughs> 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 One of the things I, I also noticed is that everyone dies really quickly. Like, it doesn't really take her very long to die from the scalding. She just yeah, lives, you yeah. Know. Um, and then the marshal at the end, uh, you know, the guy who uh, Loomis is saying, oh, get away from him! Yeah, you yeah. Know, and she's, like, going over Michael Myers' body, and then, you know, um, Michael slits his throat. It's, like, pretty, pretty much as soon as his throat is slit, he dies. You know, it's no kind yeah, of, like, like yeah. you know... That's it, yeah. Peter exactly. Of blood, yeah. Everyone just kind of dies instantly. Um, and, and yeah, in Universal like mummy movies and stuff, you know. Yes, yeah, literally um, like just like one yeah. stab to the shoulder and they're dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a few good uh, syringe deaths as well. There are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that um, that was gonna like go somewhere somewhere else. Actually, I thought that was gonna like, develop through it. But, uh, it just seemed to be he seemed to be in, in a wee phase for like <laughs> ten minutes of <laughs> just syringing. Yeah, because like. He... <laughs> Because, like, he only actually kills one person with a kitchen knife, I think. It's that girl. It's the girl, yeah. is it, um, what's she called? Alice? So, yeah. Alice and Sally. I think so. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of it, he kills Garrett with a hammer, and then he has um, uses the scalpel, and then he's got the um, the hot tub and the syringes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's another thing that's kind of up the ante, is but we know more inventive deaths, like more deaths. Sort of chasing that sort of uh, Jason sort of... Uh kind of uh, yeah just like more varied repertoire of, of horror I mean it was released the same year as uh, Friday the 13th Part 2 and I have to say I, yeah. think, I think I think Friday the 13th Part 2 is superior interestingly enough because it was kind of released in the early 80s <laughs> I, I kind of looked in to see if it was on a you know Section 3 video nasty list or anything like that uh, in the UK yeah. it wasn't but it was um, I think it was released uncut for theatrical classification and then yeah. it was released in like a pre-video recordings act format on home video, um, and it was uncut. Um, but then mm-hmm. after the whole video nasty thing happened, and the video recordings act was brought in in 1985, it wasn't resubmitted and released again until 1990. And when they did, they re- they reduced it by like 17 seconds, I think, to reduce some of the uh, violence and that's kind of mixed up with nudity in uh, you know the, yeah. the, the nurse's death because there's there's a moment, there's a moment where like after he's kind of she's finally dead he just does this bit and just like lifts her head up and just this gratuitous shot of her, of her yeah. breasts it's really it's actually quite shocking to see because it's kind of like they're just really really gratuitously done that so you can imagine the BBFC probably would have had problems with that and probably cut that yeah definitely some monocles popping off and you know, censor <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh, that, that, is that the only you know, is that the only part that was cut Actually, 17 seconds is quite a bit from that. Yeah, been. I think there was probably some stuff from, from other, um, yeah. other um, uh, sequences. Although, yeah. I have to say, it's not really that gory. I mean, like you see blood, but most of the yeah. violence does kind of occur off-screen. One of the really th- weird things is when uh, Jimmy finds the, the doctor just completely drained of her own blood. Yeah, I know. That's, that is, it seems like it's from a different movie or something, you know? Mm. 
and yeah that it also sort of that, that reminded me of Suspiria um, as well mm. a bit or Gento at least it's kind of funny whenever Jimmy comes in and finds her and like actually checks her pulse and it's like, yeah. it almost looks like it's taking him ages yeah. to work out what's happened like yeah. he follows the drip down to the pool of blood like so yeah. the blood came from her yeah. and went through this pipe and ended on the floor okay You're never going to be a real doctor Jimmy <laughs> <laughs> hanging in the back of that ambulance forever also see when they like they put Laurie in the is it at the yeah the end I think maybe it's at the very beginning no, I think it's at the very end, but they've taken Laurie away from the hospital um, at an ambulance, stop, I guess, to another hospital. The paramedic leads her out really curvily in, like, a, a wheelchair and then, like, sort of just tips her into the back of the ambulance, like, <laughs> sort of shoves her in there, slams the door, and it's like... <laughs> so it's like something like, uh, watch your head or something. <laughs> and it just gets in and, like, just speeds off. And, like, she must be fucking hammering all over the back of that. Um, all the reporters are chasing her and stuff but like just yeah whatever just get in there and... it is just like there are moments like that it's just it's just so clumsy isn't it the film yeah <laughs> I don't know it seems like it would have benefited from uh, Carpenter's steadier hand but I don't know I watched um, I started watching Escape from LA the other night um, which is it is directed by Carpenter or is it just produced by Carpenter I don't know I, I sort of remembered being good um, but it's actually totally shit um Makes even less sense than this. Yeah, it is directed by Carpenter. Um, <clears throat> script's terrible. It, it follows the same, like, sort of just gaps of logic. And, uh, yeah, it's just bullshit. Like, <laughs> it's uh, Steve Buscemi, isn't it? But, is he? Uh, yeah, but to be honest, I, like, I turned it off. Sort of thought I'd come back to this later this evening, and I just never bothered. So. That's a shame. Yeah, I've seen it a little times before, like, when I was much younger. But Dick Warlock, I think, he ended up getting into the stunt business. Um, and yeah. apparently he became um, Kurt Russell's um, st- personal stunt double. Oh, really? Like, for the rest of his Kurt Russell's career. Um, if you look at his um, Wikipedia page, just doing stunts, like actually doing stunts or being the stunt coordinator, the list of films that he's done that for is like Jaws, Escape from New York, yeah. Halloween 3, The Thing, Firestarter, which I assume is the uh, Stephen King adaptation with um, Drew Barrymore. Oh, yeah. Friday the yeah. 13th Part 5, Commando, Big Trouble in Little China, Oh yeah, The Pumpkinhead, The Abyss. But yeah, so he obviously kind of ended up having a pretty cool career. Yeah, fair enough. Did the stunts for Solent Green as well. Did, did we cover Pumpkinhead here no, before? No, no, I've never done no, Pumpkinhead. I think I just watched it myself. It, uh, it's one, one movie I always really wanted to see when I was, um, mm. when I was a kid, because they had an extra vision, um, and the cover used to scare the shit out of me. And I got like the comic... Um, in a shitty comic shop and uh, thought it was classic but it actually turned out it's not very good yeah do you remember that one of you used to go into like uh, video shops and like you would always go into your parents and you'd obviously just you know obviously pick some shit comedy but while you yeah. while they were sorting it out you'd wander over to the horror section and look at all the videos and go oh yeah. my god I remember yeah. like seeing like the, the covers of Friday the 13th and Hellraiser and just going oh my god yeah. like what would those films yeah. be like Jason X and Pumpkinhead and uh, is it House yeah. Or it, Stephen King did it. Oh. Yeah. And then I finally did, and it scared the absolute shit out of me. <laughs> when did you see uh, Halloween 2 for the first time? I'm not sure. It's, it's a good while ago. Um, I think actually, possibly actually just before the Rob Zombie one came out. Around, I was obviously around Halloween, and a lot of my friends were off for Halloween, but I was working, and they all watched like the first and second one in the afternoon, and I sort of came in in time to watch the second one, and we went to the cinema to watch the second one in cinema. Cool. And they were they'd all been drinking and they were all drunk and brilliant. Nobody had a good time because they all fell asleep. Um, and but they um, all fell asleep. Yeah, a lot of them <laughs> fell asleep. Yeah, Dominic, <coughs> Dominic and Connor from the uh, from the uh, Friday Thirteenth podcast. I think we're both there anyway, and I'm pretty sure they both fell asleep. Fucking Egypts. Wasn't worth giving away for to be to be fair, but. Mm. There's another weird bit in uh, Halloween too. Whenever they go to the school and uh, they find that. Michael Myers has written Samhain. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. Chalkboard, but uh, Pleasance pronounces it Samhain. Yeah, with authority. Like a fucking idiot. <laughs> well done. Well done, Dr. Idiot. Um, yeah, Loomis. Loser Loomis. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. And like, he really, really, like, really keeps repeating it over and over again as if, like, surely somebody would have researched that, but I guess, like, a day before the internet, where are you going to? on the fucking Gaelic speaker in Hollywood. 
And it also feels like another just like point where he's just being a shit psychiatrist. He's like, you know, oh, he wrote Sam Hain in the chalkboard. That means the Lord of Darkness. And it's like, yeah, but mate, you're a scientist. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. This guy that you've been treating for the past 15 years isn't the Lord of Darkness. Yeah. He's just got a mental mental illness. Every psychologist or psychiatrist that you put that in front of will go, this guy has a, a psychological fixation with with this particular sort of holiday rather than like, oh my God, he must be the devil himself. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, Oh yeah, that reminds me, there's a brilliant bit actually um, at the start when you see, when they first see the hospital, you know, there's like a wee kid and and his his mum's in the, a wee kid with his mum in the car park. And his mum's going, oh, don't worry. And he's got blood coming out of his mouth and he opens his mouth and there's like a a razor blade stuck (laughs) in it. Really? Yeah. Did we get into this? I, I missed that totally. No, yeah, it is there. It's it, and it's obviously you know because of the um, that urban that myth that exists yeah. in the states, which uh, we discussed last year with trick or treat. Yeah. Which uh, also actually, it's tri- trick or treat also features someone Sam Hain, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, I think they do discuss it. I think don't the they? the weird girl um, who brings him to the quarry. I'm pretty sure she talks about it. Um, and also makes the same same mistake. Yeah. Do they talk about it in Night of the Demons? I can't remember. It's definitely come up a few times. We've talked about it a few times here. I don't think it comes up in Halloween 1. Yeah. But yeah, it's obviously like the original Celtic festival out of which Halloween yeah. has kind of um, originated. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't mean Lord of Darkness at all, does it? I have no idea what it means. I think it does. Um hmm. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there was another um, thing that I only found out today, that I only read today. Um, it's on the uh, Halloween 2 Wikipedia page. It was another one of these incidents where someone in America, December 7th, 1982, Richard Delmer Boyer of El Monte, California, murdered an elderly couple uh, in Fullerton. The couple were stabbed 43 times by him, and according to the trial transcript, Boyer's defense was that he suffered from hallucinations um, brought on by the movie Halloween 2, which he'd seen under the influence of PCP, marijuana, alcohol. The film was played for the jury, and a psychopharmacologist pointed out various similarities between its scenes and the visions the defendant described. Boyer was found guilty and, se- and sentenced to death. The incident became known as the Halloween 2 murders, and was featured in the short right. segment on team, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I didn't know that. It was another one of those, kind no. of like, you know, like the Jamie Bulger and uh, Child's Play 3 in the UK. Similar yeah, sort of thing. yeah. There's always, always, like, there was some kid... Uh, watched uh, Queen of the Damned, I think, and uh, tried to drink his mate's blood or something. And then after that, um, and uh, yeah, there's always always something to to blame on a, a film like Exactamon Crazy B. Exactamon. Yeah. yeah, I was looking up someone there. I don't think there's any sort of etymology that suggests it actually means anything other than just like a time of year. So uh, okay. So, yeah, there you go. There's another just madness that uh, Loomis is. <laughs> Eber, uh, Reggie Eber wasn't uh, mad about it. Uh, oh, yeah. He reviewed it in January 1981. And uh, it's a, a, little, a little sad to witness a fall from greatness, and that's what we get in Halloween too. John Carpenter original 1978. Halloween was one of the most effective horror films ever made. A scarifying fable of mad, a mad dog's killer progress in a small Illinois town on Halloween. That movie inspired countless imitations, even worse than the last, until the sight of a woman's throat being slashed became ten times more common in the movies than the sight of a kiss. I'm not um, sure if he has the the stats to back that up, but uh, but it's probably not a million miles off. No, it's a pretty damning um, review. I've read it as well. Actually, the next paragraph begins, Mad Slasher Movies, they were called. Uh, no, they weren't. <laughs> um, there's a bit where he says, uh, "Other idiotic master stroke comes when Curtis and a young kid are hiding in a car parked outside, and the kid slumps forward and honks the horn." That's the bit where um, Jimmy faints. Oh, yeah, funny, and he yeah. says, "Like revealing his hiding place, inspired." Like he's basically slagging them off, saying it's a shit moment. I thought that was a kind of pretty cool moment. Because you're like, "Oh yeah. my god, shit!" You know, <laughs> "Oh my god, Michael Myers is gonna hear that." Yeah, you're you're also like for fuck's sake, it's the one thing we didn't want. <laughs> you're not meant to do exactly. Is lean on the fucking horn. I I thought that was a good moment. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Um, I get what he's saying. Like really. To be honest with you, though, uh, I'm I'm actually really looking forward to next year because yeah. um, I think um, my favorite 
in the series is Halloween, and then mm-hmm. my second favorite is Halloween Three. I absolutely love Halloween Three. We're gonna lay to rest an old beef between us, like <laughs> never seen Eye to Eye and seen Eye to Eye in a lot of movies, but never. When did never you last watch one. Halloween Three? Uh, years ago, before we ever started this. I bet you'll watch it again and you'll really love it. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm starting to think that I might, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, the more so I think good. about it, the more I think about it with pure hindsight, the more I think, uh, okay, actually, it's kind of a, a cool idea, like it's kind of a cool commentary. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but I remember at the time being like, what the fuck is this? Where the fuck is Michael Myers? I, I think I watched it with my mum, actually, and uh, she was like, uh, <laughs> what is this shit? And I was like, yeah, I don't know, sorry. Um, when you watch something with somebody who obviously doesn't enjoy it, it mm. detracts from your enjoyment as well. So, yeah, I know. No, I, I absolutely, I love Halloween three. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. It's a really, really good film. And I'm just kind of looking over my notes here just to see if there's anything else uh, to say uh, about Halloween two. Ultimately, it's kind of everything's turned up a notch, and I think it's a bit more nasty, a bit more kind of ill-meaning than um, the first Halloween. The bit at the end yeah, is absolutely hilarious. Like, uh, somehow Laurie manages to shoot out both of his eyes. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And he just slashes, whooshing yeah. around, and poof. And then, uh, yeah, it fills the place with oxygen, and <laughs> at first I thought, like, he was going to fill the place with helium and do something <laughs> mad. <laughs> yeah, well, unless you've got anything else to say about Halloween Spy, um... We could, uh, do, we could do our final final marks and final reviews. Yeah. What do you think Dee's doing right now? Dee is probably working on his job application. He's probably, probably. Not, probably not watching Halloween 2. He's got off off with this one. He'll he'll never know the yeah. pleasure of Halloween 2. So, Chris, right. do, you, do you want to go first? And what? How many marks of 17 are you going to give uh, Halloween? Eight, maybe. Eight out of 17? Yeah. That's only just better than, like, 50%. Less than 50%. That's less than 50%? <laughs> yeah. You idiot. Uh, what? You don't think yeah. it's less than 50%, do you, Crazy P? Mm, yeah. Oh, okay. I do. I think, yeah. Um, okay, well, uh, are you ready? Your time is going, I'll tell you why. Uh, yeah. Okay, so you've got eight seconds to talk about Halloween 2. Okay. Uh, three, two, one, go. The characters are stupid and functional. The setting was annoying, and I guess it's a bit shit. Oh, done. Okay, <laughs> right. So, uh, what do you give it out of? Out of seventeen. Seventeen. I give it um, twelve. Got timer. Three, two, one, go. I think it's uh, atmospheric, and I think it starts off really well, um, but I think it kind of loses it as soon as it gets to the hospital. Uh, it becomes a bit generic, but there's still enough there. There's still it's still creepy and a bit kind of dark and gloomy yeah. and gory. Yeah, if you were taking it as a slasher film, if it wasn't Michael Myers, if you were just taking it as its own slasher film, um, you would yeah. you would consider it a good early eighties slasher. It's just because you can. Uh, yeah, it. probably. I guess it's only fair to like release these things from their context, but it's also almost impossible, you know. Yeah. Uh, if if you take on the the mantle of a franchise, then you know you you also take on the the sort of burden of being bundled in with you know in that context, and you know it's uh, yeah you have to live up to certain things and uh, yeah. Apparently, um, Rosenthal actually said that that like um, because the it takes place like mere minutes after the first film he was kind of like almost drained and I also I think it was yeah, his, it was his yeah. first um, first feature film so maybe he didn't wasn't really sure of himself so he just kind of tried to copy yeah. the, the uh, style but then apparently Carpenter was the one who wanted to kind of up the ante in terms of gore and stuff. the general like the general direction wasn't wasn't terrible like that's not what I the script wasn't great and uh, yeah. um, the characters yeah it was, it was mostly a character thing that did mm-hmm. it for me like there was actually um, another point that I thought was really weird, and it's whenever um, Jimmy is sitting beside uh, Laurie's bed, and she says, like, why me? I mean, why me? And you kind of think, like, that's actually a bit selfish, because, like, it didn't just happen to you, it happened to, like, two yeah. other people who are now dead. Yeah. Why aren't you saying, why us? 
Is the only person that survives this? Like, or yeah. one of the few? Um, it always reminds me of um, Friday the 13th Part 3, which occurs like the morning after Friday the 13th Part 2. So you get yeah. like the kind of them hearing about the thing on the news, you know, from, uh, yeah, yeah. from the previous film. Um, always kind of reminds me of that. Um, but I mean, as I said, right. earlier, yeah, yeah. as I said earlier, the podcast that Friday the 13th Part Two is a far better sequel and a far better film than Halloween Two. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, so I guess just left to kind of say Happy Halloween, CP. Uh, have you, yeah, have you got any Halloween. plans? Happy... Uh, don't know. Maybe uh, there's a sort of movie. Halloween movie party happening, which I, I might make it to. Don't know. Uh, but Tuesday night, got to go to work day, that day and the day after, so probably not be mad. What about you? The weekend before Halloween is coming up as we're recording, um, and I think we're going to spend Friday in probably watching horror films and maybe carve some pumpkins, make some mulled wine. Yeah. And then there's a few things happening during the week. I think there's a few like there's some horror club in Bristol is showing the thing. Um, yeah, cool. People are showing various other films in different parts of the city, probably. So, yeah, I could potentially go do something like that, and just yeah. after the fact that someone's showing the thing, and just go and see that. Fair enough. Cool. Yeah, there's a, no, yeah, no reason to not go to that. Like it sounds class. Yeah. I think they said something about uh, spending his Halloween set in a graveyard or something, didn't he? And, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think he did say that yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so if there good luck, any, good yeah. luck deal with that. Um, if there are any reports of uh, arson in graveyards in Northern Ireland uh, on 31st of October, then you know that it's David Hanna. It was D. <laughs> we'll tell you where he lives <laughs> if you listen to our next podcast. Um, cool. Uh, and then next time, hopefully, with any luck, we will be talking about uh, Amanda de Asario's Tombs of the Blind Dead. But that was uh, our Halloween special, uh, Songs D. Um, and uh, yeah, Halloween 2, uh, good film. Next year, we'll probably do Halloween 3. Excellent. So, uh, happy we'll Halloween. We'll make both and then run up to that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right, because like, you'll have to watch Halloween 2 in order yeah. to get the full effect of Halloween 3. So. Yeah, clue. He's made extra work for himself there, Crazy P, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah. I'll let you head on, Crazy P. Happy, happy Halloween. Grant, and happy, happy Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, to everyone who's listening, if indeed anyone is. Absolutely. We love you. Mr. Sandman